Welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law here at K News 98.5. We're having a very good talk with uh, Officer Joe Dokes, who's a director of the Shasta, Siskiyou, and Lassen County Citizens Against Marijuana. Right before the break, Joe, we were talking about uh, whether the policies about marijuana and cannabis are racist. Uh, could you can you tell us about that? So this was an industry publication that came out from the marijuana industry, uh, marijuanabiz.com, and people can go on that if you want to learn about the marijuana industry. It's uh, a very, very actually well done, but it, they have uh, a huge yearly uh, uh, convention in Las Vegas, and it has all the glitz and glamour of, of the product. Mm-hmm. And so what we found was that most marijuana dispensaries are placed in communities of color, just like uh, we had the liquor stores placed in the communities of color. So those communities that can least afford to have more drug addiction are the ones that are actually paying for it. Marijuana is also a misogynistic drug, and that is shown because all of the major marijuana corporations are run by rich, fat cat, white males. There is very few. Uh, there are very few females in the upper echelons of anywhere in the marijuana industry. Hmm. So uh, there's uh, there's definitely a glass ceiling there as well. You know the promise, and you were talking about how uh, particularly small or poor cities, uh, you know, are essentially bribed by policies to put. Uh, storage facilities or storefronts um, in their towns. Um, This is also usually by seducing the local city council uh, and the local staff members of the city council into believing that they're going to make big, big money off a city tax or a county tax. Uh, Have when you've seen the cities or counties that have uh, legalized that, have they actually uh, reaped the benefits that are promised? So let's use the city of Reading because it's an example of a you know of a good-sized, homogenized California I five city. Right. And so the city the city promised that we would get all this money for for uh, that. By the way, that got earmarked to go into the general fund and that there would be this money for law enforcement, and that there would be this money for drug education. Well, I can tell you that we have never seen one dime of that those funds for drug education in the city of Reading. Uh, they, they, unfortunately, Stu, do place billboards within their city, and so our young people uh, walking to school every day look up and see the normalization of marijuana, by all the by, all the uh, ads that are there, mm-hmm. the city council uh, that approved. Normally, what we see is how it works for a city, and and, and this is kind of the the um, the way that uh, we've seen it happen before. Is the city manager usually looks for avenues at making money, and he thinks that marijuana is going to be the so he goes to the city attorney. And they draft they draft a sample ordinance, and then they go to the city council and they sell it to the city council. And the city council is usually not that well educated, 
Now, in the case of Reading, you have city council members that are taking marijuana money from the dispensaries, and the dispensaries are very good at passing them around. Matter of fact, we have one of our Indian tribes here, the Pitt River tribe, actually just got involved in the marijuana business and bought a uh, marijuana collective here. And that's sad because Native American drug use is among the highest in the nation. And this this Indian tribe also runs the Redding Rancheria, which is a uh, a medical facility giving med- med- you know giving medical treatment to low income and uh, and and people of the tribe. So they start passing the money around, and that goes into the coffers. We have our one of our our mayor our our mayor of Redding has taken close to fifty thousand dollars in in campaign donations. And it's very easy for common citizens to become active to look at this. You just go to their, go to the FPP site, uh, FPPC site, and look up the donations. and And you have to follow those, and you have to understand that they, that the marijuana industry also hides their donations, so they'll be very ubiquitous. It'll say, it'll say, you know, green landscape supply. And you're thinking, well, that doesn't say anything about marijuana. So it's, <laughs> that sounds like a box of work. marijuana for personal use. <laughs> well, it does. So, so it requires effort to go investigate who's doing what. So we were promised all this money. Now, I think the numbers in the state of California that Nicole Elliott, who's the head of the uh, Department of Cannabis Control, I think they promised us uh, that we would make, we're making about 50 cents on the dollar. But when you start subtracting out, to the cost, the real cost to society, for every dollar that's brought in, and this is a national study, mm-hmm. for every dollar that's brought into a uh, by by marijuana, the city or county spends four dollars and fifty cents in associated costs. Now you're asking, well, what are those associated costs? In the case of Shasta County, thirty-nine percent of our hospital admissions to Mercy Hospital test positive for high potency THC when drug talk screens are done. You have to think about the diminution of uh, of the, the labor pool. Those are people, people who have been. Like, are those people who've been injured, or are they people who have yeah, who've had uh, psychiatric had, breaks? What what are we talking yeah. about? Yes, all of that. So injured, injured, uh, injured at work, injured at home because people who use uh, marijuana and obviously use marijuana on the job, they are they are much higher risk for on-the-job injuries, they're much higher risk for uh, having greater sick time, and they're also much higher risk for having higher employee theft. So it's a triumvirate of bad stuff when you use marijuana and you're part of the working working society. And if you just think about the jobs that people have to do out there, do you really want the person that you're dealing with on the other side of that counter to be making decisions that might affect your health or your safety? or even giving you the wrong, the wrong part, or those kind of things. Oh, yeah. No, I, so, I have a friend who uh, runs a auto repair place, and he, he says, you know, have, have you ever had an employee who's who's been smoking dope the night before? The, the quality of workmanship just plummets. Well, yeah, we had a... Uh, it's interesting in it, how the state of California works. We had a... Uh, oil change company and we had a uh, one of the employees uh, drive a customer's car into the oil change pit 
and okay. drove it actually into off into the pit and injured a worker that was below. Ouch! And when they did a they did a drug test on it, he came back positive for marijuana. And yeah. state workman comp said, "Hey, we're we're not going to pay that claim. He's claiming an injury, but we're not going to pay that claim." And the the shop owner actually had to pay that claim out of pocket. Uh, because he was, you know, he's going to be sued by the employee. Oh yeah, and so those are the, those are the kind of things that occurred, obviously, that that go on. Now, do um, they? Is there? Uh, for a long time, there was no reliable test. Uh, if you had, say, a a driver that was pulled over and they were under the influence of marijuana, there was not a test that could tell uh, whether they were or not. Is is there now something like that? They're getting close. Okay, so we have we have the Drager 3000 that was being tested. Uh, Los Angeles County actually tested it for a while, but it is the rapidity of the test that's needed. Um, there are tests out there that do work, um, Stu, but they take time, and you're you're taking you're you know you're taking a saliva sample, you're taking a hair sample, and those are tough in the field. But but it is changing um, it, because of COVID. Many of those companies that were, were working on marijuana testing devices, they switched over immediately to COVID testing devices. So they're just getting back into the business again. Sure. And and we, we believe that there will be a reliable test in the next year or two, but it will be challenged. It'll have to go all the way up to the ninth and maybe to the Supreme. So we don't know how long we'll ever see. We argued for a limit, in, uh, a nanogram limit of uh, of marijuana in your system in the state of California with the California District Attorneys Association, and they wanted a two nanogram limit. Uh, the cannabis industry argued for a five uh, nanogram limit, and it, 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 it completely fell apart. So nothing, is, nothing has been done there. Nothing's been so done. So now you, or yeah, we're, we're, now we're, you, we're about to come up on another hard break here, Officer Joe. I want to let folks know that uh, they're listening to Officer Joe Dokes, who is an activist and educator concerning marijuana. He's a director of the Shasta, Siskiyou, and Lassen County Citizens Against Marijuana. And after the break, I want to talk to you a little bit about improvements in public policy that you think can be applied to uh, make California safer now that it's legalized marijuana. Folks, stay tuned to Slow County Public Policy and the Law after this break. <laughs> 